You're listening to the Poised-ish podcast, where audacity meets duality. Created for the millennial trying to balance who they are in and out of the workplace. I'm your host, Kavana McEnough, and I give you permission to thrive in your 9 to 5 and live life from 5 to 9. Let's get into it. Hello, beautiful people. We are back with another podcast episode. And this episode is going to answer some of your questions. So a couple of months ago, I put out a poll for you guys to submit career questions that you wanted me to answer on the podcast. And I got one that I thought was an amazing question. And just had me ready to share some gems. I was super excited about this question. So excited that I actually recorded this podcast like three weeks ago and accidentally deleted it like two weeks ago. So (laughs) we are back re-recording this episode, but it's okay because I actually came up with a couple of bonus ones that I wanted to share anyways. So let's jump right into it. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about five skills that every professional should possess. The question was, what do I think are the five top skills that every young professional should have? And I thought of so many, but as I started to pin them down to five, I felt like I had five really solid ones that has helped me progress in my career, um, has helped me continue to progress in my career, and also some that I feel like our generation could be missing. You know, like we have some development opportunities in some of these areas. As basic as they may sound, there are a lot of us who may listen to this and hear these five skill sets and be like, oh, I got that. Oh, I got that. Yep, I'm good at that. But I encourage you, challenge you rather, to, as I go through these five skills, to really think about, do I really have that skill set? Is that really a strength of mine? Or is that something that I could be working on? And how do I plan on developing in that area so that way I can continue to thrive in my profession? And these five skills that I've chosen work across the board. It doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in corporate America, whether you're in HR or IT, doesn't matter. These are five skills that I believe can be used in any industry, any profession, with anyone. Number one, the number one skill that I feel as though every young professional should possess is self-awareness. Listen, there is nothing more powerful than knowing thyself. Self-awareness is really just knowing yourself so well that you understand what your stressors are, what triggers you, and how others perceive you. Self-aware people are more successful. They are able to build better relationships with people, also more confident in their abilities, and They just make for more effective leaders. 
And when I say self-awareness, I'm not talking about a personal assessment. Personal assessments are great. But again, it's more about learning to observe yourself and it's seeing yourself through the lens of other people. And the more you become aware of your mindsets, your behaviors, as well as your personality, the more you can avoid harmful habits, the more you can avoid putting yourself in a situation for you to react negatively, causing others to have negative experience. For example, I am a huge introvert and I am aware of my introvert tendencies. I used to work on an extroverted team that loved being around each other practically all the damn time. So when we would have these long team meetings or these conferences that lasted for days, we would have to have breakfast with each other, programming with each other, our meeting with each other, lunch with each other, more programming with each other. And then to top it all off, they wanted to have dinner together or do some form of a team building activity. And because I am aware of my introvertedness and my needs for solitude, I had to learn how to manage that in a way that didn't make me look like the one unengaged team member that just didn't want to be. Once I became aware that my extroverted team members thought that I just didn't want to be around or again that I was unengaged and not present, it helped me take a step back to really figure out what my needs were, what drains me throughout the day, what my stressors were. And in doing that, I was better I was able to better articulate why I looked unengaged and why I needed my time. So I ended up having a conversation with my team around, I am the oddball in this group. I am the only introvert in this group. And what that means is that I need solitude. I need different pockets throughout the day where I'm allowed time by myself to re-energize and get rejuvenated to be my best present self in the duration of these meetings. And what that might mean for me is I don't drink, so I'm actually going to skip the happy hours to have that time in my room, pick up a book, read, get my energy, and then come back for dinner because I done spent all day with y'all and that was draining enough. I'm not used to having my entire days in full, quote unquote, like acting mode, like acting like I really want to be here or acting like I'm, you know, not yearning to be in a room by myself where people aren't just in my face talking to me about things that I don't necessarily care about. Like I'm not used to being in those spaces all the time. If I'm at that space at work, I leave work and I go home to my zen. But if we're stuck at this conference together and we got to be together all the time, like I need those different pockets. So please don't think that that's me not wanting to be here or not wanting to build a relationship with you. It's just that's a need for me and I need you to respect that need. And moving forward, They weren't surprised when they didn't see me at the happy hours anymore, or they weren't surprised when we took our breaks that I took my break outside instead of 
in the same meeting space. It was more around like, nope, she's taking her time. She She's good. Like, if you don't see her, don't worry about it. Like, she's good. As opposed to that negative experience around like, ooh, what's wrong with Kavana? Why she look like she don't want to be here? So self-awareness is powerful in that it helps you understand what your needs are. And it better helps you articulate what that is to others so that they understand and they perceive your behaviors in the way that you intend for them to perceive them, not necessarily in a negative way. Another example of self-awareness is also around like not being in denial and being open to the feedback that you get from other people. So it could be something as simple as you talk over people when we're in meetings, like you cut people off. And if someone brings that to your attention, don't automatically think that they're doing that with bad intent or in a malicious way. Really take a step back, maybe even the next time you're in a meeting and be like, oh wow, I did cut that person off. I didn't allow that person to finish. Or I noticed that every time I do cut someone off, it's always a female. Like, what is that? What is that about? Really take heed to some of the feedback that people people give you because there could be, again, something that they see that you don't because you guys are looking out of two different lenses. And, and so in those situations, you can catch yourself moving forward. When you get into a meeting and you start to cut someone off, your brain will trigger to, oops, nope, that's a behavior I'm trying to do better on, or that's a habit I'm trying to kick. Like, nope, don't cut that person off. Let that person finish. Like, you start having these conversations with yourself because you are now aware that you cut women off in meetings and it's unacceptable, it's not okay, and they think you're an asshole when really you're just trying to get your point across. So, number one, know thyself. Number two on the list is communication. And I know that this sounds like a very simple one that I can almost guarantee you ask nine, nine times out of 10, you ask somebody if they're a great communicator, they're going to say yes. And in most cases, it's the total opposite. Like in reality, a lot of people over index on being great communicators, thinking that they are when they really aren't. It is extremely important that you have great communication skills, both written and oral, because to be honest, it's something that can often stop you from being a credible source or from being taken seriously. An example, I know an individual who has a master's degree and loves to tell just about anybody they are interacting with that they have a master's degree and they are one of the few individuals that have a master's degree. And the craziest part is can't spell for shit. When I say like can't even put together a well-written, concise email that makes sense, it, it blows my mind. It's like, Stop telling people that you got a master's degree because you're making the rest of us who got master's degrees look bad. Like, what? Communication is important because, again, it goes back to that credibility and that being able to be taken seriously. Like, especially for young people, 
when our communication is bad, other generations automatically go to, well, you know, that's how they text each other. You know, you know, they don't really, they don't really, you know, write or do all that kind of stuff in schools no more because everything is social media. They just like to talk over Snapchat and FaceTime and this, that, that. like, mm -mm 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 -mm. let's not even go there. I know how to communicate. I know how to articulate what it is that I need to say in the way that I need to say it based on who my audience is. Don't get it twisted. Don't insult me. Take me seriously because the words that are coming out of my mouth are serious and they make sense. Written and oral communication skills are important because number one, they're highly valued in the workplace. Like, it's one of those things where it's an expectation that you know how to articulate whatever it is that you want to say in both both orally and in, in written form. It's an essential business skill, especially when it comes to having to deliver presentations. Like, how are you going to deliver a presentation that is received well and not delivered in a way that results in misunderstanding or frustration or you just given, you know, wrong information. How do you do that if you don't know how to communicate well? It's also something that helps with your career progression. Nine times out of 10, if somebody, you know, in most cases, if someone does not communicate well, that is associated with their presence. That lack of communication and eloquence in their speech can be used against them when it comes time to move into different positions. Notice that just about everyone in authority um, and in power, with the exception of your president, speaks really well. Their communication skills are really well. They can write a great speech, but they can also speak that great speech and they can put it together in a way that we understand and we deliver it well. Your communication skills are a huge, a vital piece in what is taken into consideration when moving into leadership. It's something that they use in assessing whether or not you would make a great leader. Can I see you in a leadership position if you don't even know how to communicate? Number three, active listening. Active listening is very different from hearing someone. When you hear someone, it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. You are waiting for your turn to say what it is that you have to say. Active listening is really listening to the person without the urge to cut them off to just get your point across or to say whatever it is that you need to say. Active listening is pausing, allowing that person to speak, to get whatever it is that they need to get off their chest, say whatever it is that they need to say, and you waiting until they finish to collect your thoughts and respond. It's not Thinking about, yep, I got an answer for that. Mm-hmm, I know what I'm going to say to that. Ooh, just wait till she finished. The benefit to active listening, I find, is that when you do so, you actually are able to add value to a conversation. So you ever notice that when you get into a meeting with your coworkers, for instance, and a conversation is happening, healthy debate, healthy dialogue is happening, 
And there's this one person in the room that's either always cutting somebody off or just always have something to say, but it doesn't really relate to the conversation. It's like, you could have kept that to yourself. Like, that, what are, what are you talking about? Like, how did you get there? That's not where we are. How did you make that connection? Because that's not even what we were talking about. They are not adding value to the conversation. And going back to that presence piece and can people see you in leadership positions, if you're just talking off the handle and not adding value to a conversation, you're just talking for the sake of talking. I have been in many conversations outside of meetings where it's like, I hate being in a meeting with that person because they just like to hear themselves speak. They don't even know what they're talking about. And going back to being a credible source, I have the habit of if I do not have anything to say that will add value to this conversation, I'm not going to say anything because I'm not about to be at this table looking crazy, just looking like I want my voice to be heard. I want that when I speak, I am taken seriously that my voice is heard, I'm adding value to a conversation, and I'm getting people to the place of critically thinking about something or bringing a different perspective that they otherwise didn't know. But it's also like, wow, okay, tell us more about that. Like, I want to make sure that when I say something, it brings forth the fact that I am well-spoken, I am educated, and that I can put two and two together and bring forth a solution based on the debate and the conversation that was happening. I'm just not out here talking. Moving right along. Number four, every young professional should be flexible. Flexibility is a skill set that will help you at every point in your career. Change is the only thing that is constant. And as companies continue to shift, grow, expand, transform, and move into different directions, they want people who can adapt to those changes. They want people who can be flexible to the new technology that they're bringing in, who can be flexible to the new teams that they're going to be on, or the new positions that they're going to, to be in. As companies continue to change, you want to have that flexibility where you are agile, you are just as agile as the company is trying to, to grow. Like you and the company can move and flex and bend together because the reality is when companies are doing reorganizations and they're restructuring different teams, that is something that they think about. If we moved this person to this team, would they survive? If we brought in this new technology on this team, would this person be open to that change? Or would they be so stuck in their ways and, and what they've known previously that it's not going to work out, that they won't be happy? And nine times out of ten, the individuals who are not able to flex and bend with the company are the ones that are exited out because where the company is growing, your skill sets no longer match. That way of doing this three years ago 
does not match. You have to be able to flex with the new culture that they're trying to embed, again, with the new technology that they're bringing in, new leadership that's that's coming in. You have to be open to that change because that is the only thing that will remain the same. Every day something is changing, and again, you have to be able to, to flex to that. I, I always say you got to have that Beyonce bounce back. Like, you know, something goes something goes wrong or something different happens, and it's like, okay, boop, I'm back. It's cool. I was a little confused for a minute, but we're here. Flexibility is something that a lot of people don't have as much as they like to say, oh, yeah, I'm a change agent or... I'm open to change. And then when change happens, they flip their shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, be flexible. And this is a perfect segue into number five, which is having a high learning agility. Every young professional should possess a high learning agility because when those changes do happen, you want to be one of those individuals that, you know what? I can teach Kavana anything. It doesn't matter where I put her. She is going to thrive and she is going to be badass because all I have to do is teach it to her one good time and she's got it. Being resourceful will take you extremely far in your career. Nobody wants to promote an individual who every time something unfamiliar comes their way, their first answer is, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And they're constantly going to their managers around this happened. What should I do? How should I handle this? Can you help me? Being a leader also means that you are resourceful and you can figure things out. You know where to find information. So that was number five. And even though this is the question was around five skills, I feel like every young professional should possess. I'm going to give you guys a bonus one. My bonus skill that I feel like every young professional should have is optimism. And I don't mean the positive vibes only kind of optimism because that's actually not what optimism is. Optimism is when put in negative situations, you, although you are having a negative experience, you can always see the good in a situation. What is not is denial because positive vibes only is denial. And I like to say that I'm a realistic optimist. Although I can see the good in a lot of situations, or at least I try to, I will not deny what actually happened. When I was in my car accident back in November, you know, I was distraught. I was very sad for a little bit. And then the optimism in me kicked in where it's like, but you know what, though? You're alive. And you know what? You have the, the means to purchase another car and it's going to be OK. But I did not deny the fact that I was in a car accident and that I was scared. And, you know, like I had anxiety going back on the road after that. Like, let's not be in denial about what has happened. Positive vibes only to me is more so around like you can't have a down day. Like you can't have a dull moment or you can't be you can't be sad. I have my days and I have my moments, but I am optimistic in that things will be okay. So 
in any situation that you're in, especially within the workplace, things are going to go wrong all the time. You are going to encounter individuals that try you on the daily. You are going to have leaders that do dumb shit and you're like, how the hell did you get here? Like, help me understand how they hired you for this job all the time. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to be stressed out on some days. But the optimism in that is seeing the good in the situation, right? Like, okay, this bad thing happened. I made this mistake, but I'm not going to dwell on this mistake, right? Like, I had a VP that used to say, whenever you feel like you in a funk, you got 15 minutes to be in that funk. After that, get your shit together, right? So if something goes wrong, you make a mistake or you're, you know, having a negative experience with a coworker, you take your 15 minutes to do whatever it is that you need to do, whether that is scream, yell, go into a closet, call one of your best friends, invent about it in your car, take a walk around the building, whatever. Take your 15 minutes and do that. But you see when you're 15 minutes up, bounce back game, like, It's time to get back to work and it's time to no longer dwell on that situation. We have to move forward. Optimism is something that I think will not just only help you in your career, but it will help you in life. Life sucks sometimes, right? And there are going to be times where we are moving at 100 WTFs per minute. But having that optimism around well, at least this happened, or at at least I'm still here, or, you know, at least I still have my job, whatever, will make this situation a lot better and a lot more manageable. And it takes away from your amygdala being hijacked. Like, nobody wants to be in a bad funk all day during your day. That's Positive vibes only is an unrealistic expectation. So I encourage you to move towards optimism because that's what will truly help you with your mental health. So just to do a quick little recap, the five skills that I believe every young professional should possess are self-awareness, communication, active listening, a high learning agility, flexibility, And for a little bonus, optimism. I hope this answered your question and that you all enjoyed this podcast episode. Please send me your questions, your career questions, or any question, honestly. Um, You can DM me. You can email me at at apoiseprofessional at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at apoiseprofessional. And if I do another poll, be sure to submit your question there as well. I love answering your questions, and these podcast episodes are fun for me, so bring them on. If you like the episode, of course, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But yeah, that was all I had, so until next time.